Hello, everybody. It's Graham Cove. It's my music. I'm going to be speaking any minute now to Pete. Uh, I've got the Christmas lights on. Uh, depending upon when this goes out, uh, the, the, the Christmas lights may have already sort of faded uh, or, or depends when you listen to it. Uh, but if the Christmas lights are still alive in your heart and minds uh, when, when you do receive this, then Merry Christmas to you one and all. Uh, first, Here's a little video from Analog Trash. If there is still time to go and buy some music from independent artists before the Christmas uh, disappears, uh, please do, because they really need your help. Thanks for joining me. We got there eventually. I know previously I, I completely messed up in terms of times and things like that, and uh, and it didn't happen. But now we're here, so uh, thank thank you so much uh, for doing this. Um, and Pete has a, a, a what are you calling it? Are you calling it a band, a, a, a moniker, a, a project called Diving at Dawn? Diving at Dawn. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's I suppose it's a moniker really but it's a solo project but it's definitely not a band because it's basically just me yeah so. some people like to call it a band even when it's just them just in case uh they can bring other people into it um, yeah I do, do, do you ever bring other people in at all or? yeah i do i have done in the past i've done gigs with other musicians but 2023 it's all been just me yeah you know does that method of music producing etc suit you or um you know have you have you have you naturally gravitated that way or were, were you previously in groups etc always in groups i've never done anything solely by myself before uh, yeah. and this is so this year is is the first time i've been been recording mixing performing everything by myself uh and it's yeah i it's not a natural thing for me i i i'm all I, you know i want to be in a group i want to be part of a part of a band but it's, it gets harder as you get older it gets harder to 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 put a band together and you know i i sort of realized i was harking back to my youth by trying to get a you know where a drummer does his drum parts a bassist writes his bass lines um, so, you know, a true band, not just a, a, a collection of musicians who are playing for me, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and then I re and so I, I, you know, I started to try to get a band together and I was like, this is not, it's not happening. And I realized that I was probably the main problem in that situation <laughs> anyway, because I've been doing this so long. I'm so sort of long in the tooth. Um, I thought I'm just going to do it by myself and see what happens. Yeah. That's what this year's been about, really. It's, it's probably the hardest part of my job is getting people together. Yeah, and, and it's it just sounds like such an easy thing. 
It really does. I mean, I you know, when I when I sit down with groups of people to say, and what we're going to do is we're going to make this podcast, for example, we're going to make this we're going to make this conversation happen, and you know, and we start to you know the the thing that everybody starts to concern themselves with is what's the conversation what's the details of the conversation what's that conversation going to look like what's the narrative going to be how's it going to you know how's it going to roll out where where are we going to take it and all of the time i'm thinking yeah i've got to get the people in the room <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's really hard it's a, it's a big thing and and trying to round up musicians is you know i don't know if it's even harder because I don't, I'm not sure what what type of people that you're you're working with, but you know, trying to get a drummer to a rehearsal um, is in London. <laughs> anyway, anyway, <laughs> trying to, you know, it's probably easier in London actually, because because you can get on the tube. But outside of London, it used to be, you know, someone had to go and pick him up or her up or the, get their drums. You know, the whole thing was was is a mission. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you 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 see. Uh, especially sort of younger bands, etc., who who are bands um, and sort of you know doing doing that whole piece, and but you realise that there's kind of a cost that comes with that as well, which is that you know um, people might see the sort of glam side of uh, you know rocking up at this gig and doing this gig and then rocking up at that gig and doing that gig and you know doing all of the little social media bits in between, but. You know, from experience, um, having been there, seen it, and got the T-shirt, and it's probably you'll probably know this as well. There's hours and hours just spent on motorways in uncomfortable. You're just in in transition, the most all the most time. time, you know, and that's that's really what touring is. I always describe touring as as the day when you, you know, when you go on holiday that sort of mad rush to get your suitcases, get to the airport, get get on the on the train to get to the airport, wait yeah. at the airport, wait for the plane. It's like that all the every time. Every day. It's just every, that's what it every, is. Every day. Have I got that have I have I picked that up? Have I put put that away properly? You know? Yeah. Where where where's the guitar effects pedals gone? You know? <laughs> where's it was always it was always some bag of leads that would go missing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, I don't know why it was in motion. It all was in motion. So it's um, yeah. yeah. I think it, it was it was it was always the periphery items that went missing because you know it, it, generally if you've got a nice guitar or something like that, you 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 you're normally quite precious about it, um, and therefore you you know you'd make sure that that would carefully get on the back of whatever. Uh, mode of transport you were using but it's it's all those bits and pieces around that that you'd like yeah. get slung in a bag and then your tuner, your, tuner yeah. your um the patch cables that go between the, the pedals or your plectrums i mean how many how many times did i forget my plectrum it was uh yeah just uh yeah, yeah. And you're always in the in you know in a most venues a lot of venues aren't I mean, there's not many music shops now, anyway, where you can go and buy <laughs> buy some plectrums if you need them. So it's uh, yeah, it's a strange existence. It is. So tell us, uh, you, you know, so you've you've kind of almost by accident found yourself 
writing producing alone in a way probably partly due to you know everything that's happened in the last couple of years as well that that's probably for a lot of people i think kind of uh, expedited the amount of people that are out there sort of doing making recordings on their own and they could did, did you find that there was some positive sides to it as much as the sort of perhaps negative sides of not being in the band and the social aspect yeah well there's two there's two there's two i'd sort of divide that into two parts really there's the so doing gigs that's the social aspect but in the recording studio once you've done your your takes and you know everyone's got 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 their stuff that they want i like to be left alone and just to get on with it and so covid allowed me to do that and 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 I, and I was left alone and um i was really busy i was i was making albums um remotely and and that sort of really i think i think it's interesting that you 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 bring that in as a as a as a pre to where I'm, I am now, it definitely gave me the the sort of the skills and patience to to work by myself. Although mm. it was still really hard to uh, you know, beginning of this year, first six months of, of recording um, was just really it was really tough. I was just you know doubting myself. Just to, you know it t- it took a lot of um, blind faith <laughs> to uh, to to get somewhere. Really? Do you know what? I, I haven't heard people talk so much about imposter syndrome, if you like, whether you use that term or not. But that kind of feeling that am I good enough or am I doing this right or am I, you know, what what on earth am I doing here? Um, as I have done in the last year and a half or so, I, I just I hear it all the time across every sector, across you know every every kind of space. Is that do you think that is partly down to our isolated existence, uh, us all working in sort of microcosm wherever we are, or, or, or yeah. is there something more to it than that? Well, I guess from if I, you know, all my experiences in music, so I put it down to the band, the band sort of thing again. If you're in a band, you come up with an idea, someone will go, that's rubbish, or actually, no, that's that's all right. Yeah, let's keep going. It's validation. Yeah, you get something. Yeah, so you get something and you keep going. But when you're just, especially for for me, when I'm left by myself, um, I just overthink things. And you know, just put obstacles in my way, and that's what this year has been about for me: is trying to, you know, get rid of all this sort of extra baggage that I that I'm bringing along to, uh, to, to, to myself. Um, and um, yeah, but it's interesting you're saying that other people you're you're notice, noticing that. I don't know if that would be because we're we're aware of it now. Everyone is. Maybe people are more self-aware that they can. Yeah, I think I think people are more self-aware. I think um, I, I, I think there's a there's a, a greater overall narrative around, uh, I suppose, mental health um, and personal well-being that that is you know greater than there's ever been before anyway. So I think that 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 probably feeds into it. I think um, we're probably 
I think we're probably more aware of perhaps the, the yardstick by which we all measure ourselves by more because of the rapid amount of information that's available online. Mm. And and I think that and 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 not in a healthy way necessarily. Um, but you just had you know I, I think we all kind of suffer to some extent the fact that you you just produce something or you create something or you you're working on something and then you turn the computer on and somebody's produced something there that's this and you think mm, is mine any good anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah, so just so yeah, that you're comparing yourself with others i mean that's not a helpful thing to do no um, but yeah absolutely that's, yeah that's i mean for me that's inevitable you're just always thinking I don't know. Yeah, I'm all, uh, that's what I that's what I've had to stop doing. Um, and the, the other the other problem with that as well is, I think, is that you just don't know what's gone into that. If yeah. that makes sense as well. I mean, yeah. there's it there there's a kind of almost uh, sort of pseudo fabrication of the truth at play here in 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 terms of everything is looks artisanal these days mm. every or everything looks like sort of like bedroom grown and you know the truth is that some artists might pop up with some piece of music that they you know so say well you know i've just been in my studio doing this and whatever and actually, there's a full-blown bloody orchestra playing on it. But, you know, <laughs> but it just, and you don't, and know. Yeah. You don't know. And you say, so, so how would you, how on earth would you then replicate that with your, with your little synth emulator at home to sound exactly like that? And you think, oh, well, you know, and, and then actually later on, you find out that, you know, two of the world's top producers were involved in, in you know, helping put that backing together and as i say there was an orchestra on it and all sorts of things went into it which you know would just take it to a different level from someone that was sitting in their bedroom having said all of that does it make it does it actually make it any better because sometimes the rawest of things can be the best of things you know yeah, yeah. well i i found that I don't know, I suppose because, I mean, I've got a studio, I've had a studio for 20 years um, and you can do anything. I can do anything in it. I, I did do a track, there's a, a, tr a track I released four or five years ago called The Humbling of a Good Man, where I did record a 24 piece orchestra. I wasn't, it was remotely, I was in, I was in this room and wow. they, they were, um, I, they were, where was it? Um, I can't remember. It was Prague or somewhere. I think Prague. Um, so it sounds I, good anyway, doesn't it? Prague orchestra. Yeah, it, was, it was great, and they had they had everything set up. I just, you know, they sent me a link. All the musicians were there, and I heard this amazing thing come through my studio speakers. So to me, I sort of imagined that they were in the room. You know, I was in Abbey Road. This was a control room. They were in the next room. So we were just that was how it how it worked, but. Um, I actually ended up finding all all the possibilities, the endless possibilities of of 
all the technology really stifling and i found i had to complete that was one of the the, the things that clicked for me was when when i made the decision to work by myself i thought well if i do everything myself that's a limitation and that gives me something to work towards because i could get someone to come in and play the drums i could get someone to do this and all that but that i kept going around in circles with that so i needed to sort of step back and just say the limitation is me and that's what all these records have been i've done everything on them um and that's been helpful because i i was i was getting lost in you know it was it was if i was working with someone else as i was i.e i was producing someone else i'd always work within what i had directly in front of me the musicians you know whatever it was it was so i always had that sort of self-imposed limits like i never I never thought to do it to myself because I had sort of delusions of grandeur, perhaps, hence the, the 24 piece orchestra or whatever. You yeah. know, I, I'm going to make this whatever, make this this big statement. And and it ended up where I couldn't. I mean, I, I did those songs four four years ago. And then I, I sort of just ground to a halt because I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. And so I had I, I put the limitation on myself. When I play live, it's just me, me and the guitar, because I find that I have to work. There, there is, you know, you, you, I'll get something out, which maybe I didn't quite expect, mm. but it's, it is what it is. So. Um, it's really interesting what you're saying there. Um, because. Uh, and, you know, listening to some of your music, some of your arrangement and some of your, you know, some of the production you produce is incredibly lush and it's and it's wonderful. Um, so I think that comes through. But I think it's quite interesting what you say from a production point of view that actually as a as a solo artist. If you were if you were looking at it from a producer point of view it would it's much easier to to look at a group of people and go i can hear or i can see what your limitations are and therefore i'm going to work around those limitations because yeah. um and i can be i can be quite blunt in a way about that because you know that's going to help you as an artist right because it's not it's not about ultimately to get the best out of an artist it's not about making someone sound like something else that, that's yeah. out there or what it's about making them sound like them it's about finding them really and yeah and absolutely but it's interesting you're saying that actually that's harder to do for yourself because in a way going back to the band thing there's there's no one looking at you and go yeah but do you know what actually you know when you play those arpeggios you don't you, you don't actually play those arpeggios that cleanly or you do you don't you know you don't your you know your technique on that isn't that so you know actually it's it's better when you play like that there's no one doing that. exactly there's no one doing that for you <laughs> there's no exactly there's no one doing that and the technology allows you to edit everything so you you yeah you you know uh, so you just i just i would end up going down you know a rabbit hole and coming coming out the other side scratching my head thinking i have no idea what happened I can play that note and that note and then i can actually just i don't need to i don't need to play a fret, fretless bass i can just slide between the two notes 
Yeah, uh, that's that's. <laughs> no one's going to worry about the bass on this. On, on no. This. Yeah, it's yeah. So um, it's it's learning. It was I just had to put put these limits on myself and make you know some sort of weird rules that I gave myself were to you know I was going to do the drums and if you just they're not none of these tracks are, are they're all there's some percussion or drums on there but it's very minimal and so that um. Gave them you, more space to the, you know. Would, gave them yeah, more. would you say? Would you say that what you're producing now then is probably the most truthful music you've ever produced? No, um, it's 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 the most. It's it's. I don't know. Actually, it's the most truthful music that I've that I've produced from my own um, solo point of view. I think everything I do. I always try is is truthful. Uh, hmm. I've not really done much as an artist myself, but for in the Boydie slightly to the, the other band that I'm in, um, the, the especially the first album, we really we just um, we had this set of, set of limitations. I mean, I had to look back to how I how I worked. You had to look back to go forward. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we would back then we were going to the in a in our bedroom record the most just we'd record about three hours and then go to the pub and, mm. and we had no expectation no pressure and we just found that these these three hours we were just tapping into this sort of creative moments recording them walking away come coming back the next week and we're like oh wow that's great it sounds good doing, doing a bit more we had this very relaxed but it was all all the time we spent uh, in the studio was, uh, or the bedroom, was uh, productive because we just let the stuff come out, recorded it and forgot about it until the next week. So there was no, we didn't, we weren't editing ourselves, second guessing ourselves, all that sort of stuff. So that was, that was incredibly honest. And at the end, we just had these, these tracks that sort of, that's how it, that's how it was made. And, you know, that, so that was, I think I've always tried to be honest with where I'm at, but I couldn't do it by myself because I don't know, you know, self-doubt, whatever, whatever, you know, the reasons we talked about, I wouldn't, I wouldn't let myself be vulnerable enough. I think. Do you ever see the, do you ever see, well, maybe not this project, but do you ever see you expanding this beyond just you in terms of maybe letting one other person in or and and if you did would who what what sort of what sort of person would that be would that be would that be somebody else on therapist <laughs> a therapist well i was going to say producer but sometimes producers are therapists at the same time yeah but yeah. i was going to say like even, even on like the production side or maybe you know, as as we've seen over the years, maybe like someone like a, another vocalist or someone like that that would add a different dimension to what you're doing, but would actually yeah, I I could see myself collaborating definitely um, because it is it's a lot of work doing doing everything yourself. So um, production, mixing, maybe, but you know, I'm just. I'm not an easy person to please because because I know how to do it. 
it's so I'm so I'm such a weird sort of space where I, I'm I'm not um, I'm very experienced, um, so I know I know what I want, but sometimes I don't know how to get there. So I just try lots of different things, and mm. um, it's I mean just the just the way remote working is not easy like that when you're like that. When I'm saying yeah. let's get you know because I did I have tried on other on. Uh, a few times and uh yeah so i ended up thinking i need to i need to conquer this this whatever it is i need to conquer is there is there um i don't know have you tried this as well but have you at the point where you've then you know finished a, a part of the project abandoned you, and or abandoned it but yeah. is, is there a, is there a point where you were where when you've created the tracks you've you've finished the tracks you've got the tracks out there but you've you've then thought actually at now at this point now that i have realized them in the way that i've wanted to realize them it would be now quite interesting to see what someone else would do with them because i can learn from that or or is that not on the radar at all as well um I mean, I'm open to anything, really, but I, I think the way the way I want to work now is just move forward, always moving forward. I don't want to get because I have got hung up on on stuff before and thought, no, that could be better. What, what happens if someone did this? Someone tried that. So I've sort of gone round in circles like that. Um, and it's this almost is if, if you gave it if you gave it to someone else and said, well, you know, remix it or whatever, it's almost like you then come back to it and then go oh actually yeah i i just want to i don't want to do that yeah <laughs> i just want to get on with it really because i know what i'm like so yeah. um you know it's it's i i do think all those things you you just have have to abandon them and move forward because yeah. it's i just wouldn't i've done it before in the past so i've not i've tried to perfect stuff because yeah, that's uh, so with, with that in mind how 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 are you now facing you know the the, the, the end of this year facing 2024 brand new year brand new opportunity yeah. in a way which yeah. is doing something we all think about i guess at yeah. the end of the year is, is is what new stuff that i can do next year how are you sort of resetting yourself and perhaps your laser like vision <laughs> for what you want to achieve in intent. 2024 yeah your intent if you like um i i want to do more gigs that's i've been i had to um really throw myself i basically threw myself into doing open mics uh since oh, right. like august yeah. and i i did i just did as many as i could three a week you know that was was a sort of minimum for a while to try to get some sort of idea of how I could present it live, um, seeing if I could, if it could be just me, if I could, you know, if I could pull it off. Um, and that, that, I think, I think I've now got to that stage where I'm, where, I, where I, you know, I'm, I want to do that. So I'm just going to really push forward mm. as many gigs as possible. Did, did that throw up any surprises? Because sometimes it does. I mean, I, I you know spoke to a couple of people uh recently where they said you know once they they'd written an album etc and you know that that had all been homegrown in the studio and and you know 
thought about in terms of when it goes out. But until you go out, you don't know how people are going to perceive stuff. And then some some things become more favourites live than other things just because. And you don't necessarily understand that that's going to happen. Have there been yeah. any kind of surprises that have kind of thrown your way with that? With uh, everything has been a surprise. Literally <laughs> everything. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't work out. I've, I've realised that I don't, I can't judge what I do very well. <laughs> so <laughs> I just realised I just got to do stuff. I just got to do it, put it out there, and and see what happens. And I mean, trying to work out how to play them all. And sing them all because they're all they've all got lots of harmony vocals and they're all uh finger pick guitar mainly um and so it's been a lot of work to just to just find an interpretation of the song that is, is like the, the the recording enough but i can that I people can, go all oh. yeah that sounds <laughs> vaguely familiar but yeah it's all I'm, i've got I've, i have no idea what works better than if one song works better than another one because it changes every time not i don't change but the reaction changes mm. um, and so it's interesting it's really interesting to go out there and, and just and and see what people get feedback because that's the other thing working on your own you, you don't get any feedback and i've realized the the online world is great but there's nothing like doing a gig and meeting people you know which is such a ridiculous thing to say but it's um yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is understandable i mean that I, I think i think part of the the problem is that we've perceived that actually we've made the online world m more like the real yeah. world yeah. in experience and therefore actually we can we can actually achieve some of the same uh humanness online as we can in you know in a, in a more tactile uh engaging world but actually the tr the truth of the matter is we can't no. um and and i i suppose the the, the sort of ultimate uh sort of expression of that or the litmus for that is you know the 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 kind of throwaway statement where you know if you release something on as a reel on Instagram or whatever, and you get people going, brilliant, very good, awesome, lovely, one-word expressions, which actually are very throwaway and mean nothing. Mm. Yeah, you know, and they don't actually tell you anything. No. You know, um, so it kind of feels like you've got this immediate response, and it's potentially doing something. Yeah. But very rarely does someone stop. In fact, you notice it online, don't you? I think if, if, if like, suddenly you're going through a feed and someone gives you a diatribe about, you know, actually this is this has been em very emotional for me, and, and then explains why it's been very emotional, or they say, you know, this is utter shit, whatever. You actually notice it because it's like, oh, hang on, we connect with it. Yeah, there, there is some form of connection in that. Yeah, yeah, you know, because 90, 99.9% .9 of what people throw back at you online is is just almost validation that they were there. 
it's this this the whole selfie thing, right? Yeah. Again, which is that you know I was at this concert, I was at Niagara Falls. You know, I didn't actually pay any attention to Niagara. Well, I was just looking through my there. phone. I know that's <laughs> the matter. when you when you go to gigs and you see everyone just looking at their phones at the gig. That's yeah. a weird. I find that really strange because when I was a kid and go to went to gigs. All I wanted to do was be in the room with those performers. That was my my thing was to be, say that I've been in that room, same room, you know, as whoever it was, and yes. and I was like glued to the stage, looking for any little signs of of something out of the ordinary, something interesting to you know, that would make it memorable. And now everyone's just sort of you know trying trying to take a picture and then taking a picture of themselves at the gig. Yeah. It's like. I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's incredible behaviour. But yeah, and that, and and that's. I don't want to go into the politics of that today, but I mean, it's something that's come to a head with uh, with uh, a few performers. Um, uh, Lucy May Walker, who was on on here, you know, had a a very public. Uh, she was on the the BBC News about it. You know, actually making a statement about it and. She was attacked by some other musicians about it, actually, who said, well, you know, it's if your performance was, you know, better, then people wouldn't be on their phone. But I mean, the, the, the truth of the matter is, no, that's not true. Everybody, you know, that's a that is a culture that exists. And, and uh, I do think that, you know, sometimes it is a bit too much. I mean, especially when you when you have got a song. Which is incredibly personal and potent in terms of you know not only the the, the music but the words and it's yeah something, I mean, something something that's really really you know if people took a moment to focus on they it's because you're you're letting people into a very intimate part of your life sometimes yeah but like, you can't expect any you can't expect anything back that's 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 it's so hard, though, isn't it? It, it is hard. But you're you're there, you're you're doing what you do, and if and if people react and connect, then you know you, you can't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have abuse or hassle or you know you shouldn't don't need to accept any of that. But how people react, I don't think. You yeah, know, you can. I, I I was when I was saying about the phone, I was referring to people just filming it and looking through the screen. You know, I mean, I didn't even think about people sort of like answering messages or, or you know, yeah, yeah. shopping or whatever. <laughs> Buying their last minute Christmas presents whilst watching the gig. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, and that to me comes into a, a, an altogether bigger conversation, which I've, which I've had lots of times online about um, people being able to listen. Uh, you know, I, I generally do believe that a lot of people and and i think it's a skill that maybe has got lost i'm hoping it's coming back with the increase in uh, i hope it's not just a collector thing but i hope people who are buying vinyl and tapes and physical format music again now are actually doing what we used to do which was sit and listen to the album to it yeah to the whole thing um, and it generally amazes people. I meet people still every day who go, you actually listen to whole albums. 
yeah because yeah. you know that a it's more pleasurable to me and you know be the artist has put the effort in there to 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 create this generally yeah. um you know that, what why wouldn't you do that but i do think a lot of people and we've had a whole generation of it have just heard music but haven't listened to it mm. i do you know? my my daughter's 18 and she's completely obsessed by music so i do think I, I, you know, I look, I, I, I observe her and her passion for it, and she does buy vinyl, but not not much because it's so expensive. You know, it's just so unaffordable, really. But um, and she's got albums that she absolutely loves. You know, so I sort of I take some sort of hope that uh, yeah, people uh, will. And I don't think that's a bad thing that it's um quite unaffordable i think it was in our day as well to be honest i mean you we we really had to save up to yeah. buy your album that you yeah. wanted but i think that 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 whole thing of that whole thing of actually saying i'm committed to this and i'm you know i it's, it's just it's like the the kind of pilgrimage down to the to the record oh, yeah. store I, I, was, I was thinking about this because it being Christmas, and um, I grew up in Aylesbury, which is uh, I know it well. Yeah, do Market you? Square, Market Square Heroes, exactly. So uh, when when I was a teenager, so thirteen, there was I mean there was probably two, three regular proper record shops: Our Price, Oven Ready Records, and Record House. Mm. Then there was Woolworths. Then there's Boots. WH Smiths. So there was six or seven shops that after Christmas, when I had some money yep. and the sales were on, I would go do this sort of, you know, uh, trek round. This little yeah. trek round and um, just the most exciting thing, just buy, you know, records that I couldn't normally afford. And sometimes if there wasn't even any ones that I wanted, that, that if, if it, you know, I'd, be, I'd go back. You know, to boots three times and look at their sale and think, well, maybe, maybe we'll have that album actually because uh, I've got to buy an album, I've got to buy a record. But um, and I just thought, how that's what? What do you do now? You don't. I don't know if people are going to ever have that sort of chance to to trek round. And then I was thinking, how how could they have made any money? All these, how many records were being sold back then that that could a small town. Could sustain six or seven record shops. No, it's amazing. Yeah, it was. I thought, what a what a great memory doing that. Really. Yeah, I'd love sometime. I'd love someone to do a almost like a uh, a podcast or a documentary type piece. But probably someone that's got just an enormous record collection. Um, Stephen Wilson's doing some really interesting, yeah, I've seen yeah, things at the moment. To enjoy, but it'd be great if he actually not not just pulled them out of his uh, collection off the wall. But it'd be good if he went like back to wherever he bought the records, or you know, even if the place wasn't there anymore, and just went. And I remember this place because yeah. you know, and actually could, connected the memories because it, it's true. Um, for for so many of us as well, you actually like, you knew exactly where you were when you bought that, 
and who you were dating at the time. And, and also the know, reason why you bought that. I remember going to going to yeah. Boots and I was when I was 12 or 13, I was really into Queen, just like absolutely that was all it all it was really. And that's so that's a really and but going to going to Boots and they had about four Queen albums and I had to work out which one to buy. And I didn't know any of any of them really. I think my dad had a night at the opera. And it was do I buy hot space or uh, a day at the races? <laughs> it was like the whole thing was I ended up getting hot space, which is possibly the worst Queen album. But my decision was based on the cover and the year. Yeah. So the year it was made. So you know, it's like that was just it's just sort of random sort of things that that yeah, it would be interesting to to go through your record collection and. And remember the stories because you do remember pretty much where you got all the everything from where you bought it yeah from. you do you do the moment we even used to do that that thing folks it's true um where occasionally you would just go in and the cover the cover thing's interesting where you just see a cover and the cover would actually grab you so much that you didn't even know what was on it yeah but you just thought i've got to buy that album because i just got to find out what that sounds like inside yeah. because of the cover and that that's i mean in a way that's testament itself to the whole piece you know yeah, piece of art uh, I, I think i think that's important um very important i mean it's like this I mean, this just arrived today look at that what a what a fantastic yeah that's lovely isn't it isn't that Who, lovely who's that uh this is um so for for anyone that wants to know this is uh emma jean Thackeray. uh this is an album called yellow uh, and she's a she's a very new sort of jazz artist. Uh, marvelous, um, fantastic album, absolutely yeah. fantastic album. But that that's the, that's the thing, isn't it? You see something like that, and you just think, ah, oh, I connect with it on so many different levels, including the art, and 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 that's uh, that's missing if you don't have that there. Pete, thank you so much for coming and talking. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, let's just tell people. Uh, if they haven't uh, discovered you before, uh, which piece of music would you love them to go and unwind of yours? Um, I guess I'd say Lying By Myself, which was a song I released the beginning of this, of 2023, this year. And it was a breakthrough moment, you know, for, for me. And, uh, and I, yeah, I think it's a good indication of what I'm about. Cool. And we shall also add that track to the my music podcast playlist uh which now stands at uh almost a gigantic 19 hours um because <laughs> uh, it's a it's a, a single track from uh everybody that uh that i've had through the the, wow. the doors that's a yeah. lot of people <laughs> yes absolutely uh, um yeah we've uh, had about 300 and i think you're about 325 people something like that Wow. Uh, through the doors in the last couple of years um, to, to interview. Um, I'm tr I'm trying, uh, for, for, for possibly for a world record, I don't know. Um, the longest uh, 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 you know, of interviewing artists. I don't, I don't know. I don't know many people that have interviewed as many artists uh, as me. Possibly Jules Holland, um, which you know I, you, you've got to give it to him. He's done such a fantastic job over the years. And yeah, uh, um, but there we need more people um talking sensible stuff to uh to musicians rather than just asking them what their favorite biscuit is uh so if you 
have enjoyed this conversation with Pete, please go and check out the music of Diving at Dawn. We'll be adding the uh, the track uh, line by myself to the podcast playlist after this. You can you can do that and do share the podcast playlist with uh, as many people as possible because uh, as all the artists share it around, etc., it helps every single artist that's on it. Um, this is quite possibly uh, my, I think this is my second to last interview before Christmas and then, and then we're wrapping it up uh, for, for this year. Uh, and But I'll be back next year with a massive uh, array of new musicians. We'll, we'll probably reach 500 early next part year. of next year, which will yeah. be cra- crazy. Um, but thank you so much. Um, thanks for reminiscing yeah. and making me remember uh, sort of the experience of uh, going around Aylesbury uh, and, uh, and and going in the record shops there. Yes, and I did see uh, Marillion live with Fish at uh, Market Square once as well. Wow, that's 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 a that's a good thing. That that was uh, he 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 used to have. They I'm sure they had a, a house a squat near my school, my my primary school. And it was all this really wrecked house, and there was a big uh, finger in the middle drawn on the window. And yeah, that was that was, that was uh, Meridian. And, uh, that, that was that was then before before the yachts and everything. Yeah, exactly. After yeah. misplaced childhood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, thanks, thanks for coming in. Um, do, do check out that song as well, Market Square Heroes by Marillion. Uh, if you've never heard it before, it's uh, it, it's um, it's quite a treat guitar-wise. Until next time, this has been My Music with me, Grand Cave. If you've enjoyed this, please do share with your friends. Uh, and if you haven't, well, you know, you know where to go. Um, bye for now. <laughs>